Happy Sunday, everyone, and thanks for listening. This is a murderino and a tech in ATX. What's good in the news, Carlos? So this week we are discussing um, some pretty hot topics. Um, it's kind of one of those to- these two topics that you just can't avoid. It's all over the place. Um, I think it's very important that we discuss these two topics this week. We are not going to try to shy away from things because it's um, I don't know how do you say. It? I feel like I feel like America is very much controversial. If there's anything controversial, people try to avoid talking about those things. I think when you don't talk about those things, that's when can actually cause more detriment than anything else. So um, if you guys have any any issues with us talking about this or want to express your own opinion, feel free to email us at hello at Murderino. Is it Murderino Anatech? Or Murderino Tech AT, in ATX. Yeah, so sorry. It's um, hello at Murderino Tech. Yeah, murder. Sorry, it's hello at murderinotechnatx.com. So you can send any like questions or emails or any uh, your rebuttals or however you want to express that. Please do send it that way. We love to. We'd love to hear a good argument. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's all it is. I think uh, everybody um, picks sides, and that's perfectly fine. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I think when people. Um, try to go into the name calling thing and say they're they start pointing the finger at them as a person that's where it can kind of get like you've already stopped the progress of talking about this so I think there's different sides different opinions to everybody's argument Um, I have a certain side to it Christina might have a different side it's still not a reason to point fingers at that person and make them feel smaller than you are just because you don't agree with them and that gets us nowhere so I think talking about this, hearing the other side, being open-minded about it is a good thing. So today we are going to talk Harvey Weinstein. Christina, so, I'm going to ask you what you think about Harvey Weinstein. I know how I feel about this, but I'm a male. And so I've, I'm 33 years old, so I spent 33 years of my life as a male. Um, I don't see the world the same way you do. I don't know what it's like to be a woman on a day-to-day basis, what it feels like to see men gawking at them if that happens. I don't know. I don't have that. (laughs) I don't know what that's like. So tell me what you think about Harvey Weinstein. It's definitely not fun. Um, Being a woman is difficult. Being a minority woman is even more difficult. And we face challenges every day. And you'll see it in the news every day, even besides just Harvey Weinstein being a total creeper. You see it in our basic human rights as women being taken away and stripped um, from us just because we're a woman. Um, Men continue to want to control everything, every aspect of what a woman is and how a woman functions and what she does with her body. And it's definitely um, a problem. But, you know, us as women, we just got to be strong and keep taking a stand and a marching and fighting and, you know, telling men they're wrong and cutting, you know, cutting them down to a point so they understand, like, how it is for us to have our basic human rights taken away. It seems like it's every day and it's not getting better at all. It's unfortunate and it really sucks for, like, people that have little girls seeing the kind of crap they go through and imagining their little girls going through that eventually. But, yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, my whole take on the whole Harvey Weinstein, and yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I feel like I have a sister, I have nieces, I have, you know, young women in my life, older women in my life. Um, I would get very upset, almost to the point of wanting to kill a person um, for doing that to somebody I cared about. So I can totally sympathize um, with everything that you just said. Um, I think... I think Harvey Weinstein is a sick man. I think he's been a sick man for a very long time. I think he comes from a different generation of white male. Um, that's not saying that um, all white males are the same. It's just saying that he comes from a particular generation where the man with the power and the man with whatever he wants, when he wants, can do whatever he wants. And well, that's we're seeing it right, right now in the 45th. Our president thinks because he's a privileged white male, he can do whatever he wants, specifically towards women. Yeah. Um, uh, but going back to Harvey Weinstein, I feel like I feel like he has been this way for a very long time, and I feel like no one has ever stepped up and said something. I'm one of those people, I've always been one of those people, that when I see an injustice happen in front of me, I don't care if it costs me my life. I feel like that's something that's worth a human life. I feel very strongly about that. Um, I'm not a person that's going to shy away from something just because I don't want to get mixed up in it. I think if you don't do anything, I think if you stay silent and you don't say anything about it, um, I think you're doing more detriment than you are by actually doing something. Um, so that's what I believe in. That's what I feel. That's what I think that other men should also feel. Um, I understand that, um, you know, some of these guys have come out and said that they knew about this stuff, but they didn't say anything because they didn't want to lose their job. It's worth a job. It, it honestly is. And honestly, I really believe that um, in time, you know, that that karma that you did that was right is coming back to you tenfold. And so you won't have anything to worry about. Most people don't believe that. Um, and that's perfectly okay. But that's what I believe. And I know to be true. And I've seen it happen time and time again in my life. Whenever I've seen an injustice happen, I step in. I don't let it happen. And come to find out much later, I'm rewarded for it. Um, not directly, maybe indirectly, maybe something good happens. Who knows? But I know that if I see something like that going on, I'm not just going to stand by and let it happen. And it seems like um, some people have been called out this week, like Ben Affleck and who's the other one? Woody Allen and some other people that knew what was going on and they didn't do anything. So, shame on them. Shame I think on I, any man who doesn't I think, stand yeah, up for Yeah, I think a woman. any man. And there's a creepy photo of Harvey Weinstein like snuggling up next to Renee Zellweger. It was so creepy. It was, I saw it on the Joe Rogan podcast and it was just disgusting. Um, yeah, you can tell he was taking advantage of a lot of women, and some women right now probably are either in a ton of hurt or they're just worried that it's going to come out that they were involved with somebody like him. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty disgusting. And I hope he gets some help, and I hope he gets in trouble and has to pay the price for it because everything comes with a price. That took a turn. No, it does. You can't, you can't live your whole life 
treating people the way he was treating people and expect to get away with it. It doesn't work like that. I've seen that happen time and time and time again. Same thing with Bill Cosby. He's another person that took advantage of people for a very long time, came back to bite him tenfold. And that's just the way it is. That's how it's always been. And some people are like, oh, no, that's not true. So-and-so. And I'm like, no, it catches up to him. It really does. I really believe that. So if you're out there, if you're a guy and you see something like that happen at work, don't, 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 that's not cool not to say anything. Um, if anything, you should knock that dude out and <laughs> put him in his place. Um, well, uh, I know I, I live in Austin, so it's a little bit different. There's a lot of people that will speak up. Um, if some, they see something going on, I'm not just like the only person that does that here in Austin. There's other people that do that too as well. So that's one great thing. I can understand if you're in a small town and you can't do anything because the majority of them believe what they believe and you could be causing serious damage to yourself or to your family. I understand that, but I still think you should say something. Even if you don't feel comfortable, even if you don't feel comfortable saying something to the individual that's doing it, you should still report it either to the police or to somebody of authority. Well, speaking of injustice, what's going on with Colin Kaepernick? I don't know. I don't know that story. What happened? Um, so he's alleging now that there's NFL owners collusion, which totally that's why the poor guy can't get a job and all he did was kneel in protest of the injustice and police brutality that he's been seeing going on for you know years decades he finally took a stand and people are taking it to a whole different level and making it about the flag and the anthem like they're so stupid. It doesn't. He he even he even talked about it from the beginning why he was doing it, and even a Marine veteran who had initially seen him sit down during the anthem had talked to him and voiced that he should at least kneel like in respect of the fallen at least, which is what they do in the military, and that's how. Callen, Cal, uh, Colin initially started kneeling, but these, I don't know, racist bigots out there are trying to turn into something else and make him seem so unpatriotic, but he's taken a stand, a true injustice to the minorities that face uh, police brutality every day. Like, people of color are dying at the hands of the police at an astonishing rate. And now the poor guy can't get a job. Yeah, um, Colin Kaepernick's an interesting story. Um, I think that there's two ways, not two ways, there's two different angles to look at this. Um, I can look at it in both angles and see both sides. The first angle I will tell you is Colin Kaepernick um, came out, I think like in 2012, uh, the NFL draft. Um, he wasn't rated very high as, a, as an athlete. He was okay. I think he was one of those where he wasn't supposed to pan out like in the NFL just because he didn't have any pocket presence. He wasn't a very good quarterback. Um, he was more like in the vein of Michael Vick, a running quarterback at the time when it was a very hot property to have a quarterback like that. Um, these days, it's more about having the same thing like that, but being kind of like an Aaron Rodgers where you can move outside the pocket when you have to, but you're typically a pocket quarterback. And I know this makes no sense to Too a lot of, a lot of people stock. listening, but... 
what that means basically is there was a coach that was sitting in San Francisco. His name was Jim Harbaugh. He now is a collegiate coach. That guy made Colin Kaepernick a star. He literally, he's a hell of a coach, and he made Colin Kaepernick, he molded him to being a great quarterback. Uh, that's what having a great coach can do because what will happen is if you don't have a great coach, you can tend to have a really bad system in place that you're running, and it could cause your team to, to lose games. So um, he, he took the best parts of Colin Kaepernick and amplified him and took the worst parts of him, his game, meaning, and, and made him go down. Uh, when, he was, when he was with that coach, they actually went to the Super Bowl. They lost, but they went to the Super Bowl, and they actually, um, they actually people thought they were going to win, but they didn't. The Baltimore Ravens won. Um, they were a hell of a team. The very next year, that coach, Jim Harbaugh, wanted them to double down on Kaepernick. So they gave Kaepernick a really big, really big uh, contract. I think it was like $80 million. This This guy was hot. Like, he was on Nike. He was, he was very much a big NFL property. And he was, he was doing things that Michael Vick was doing where he would run outside the pocket and throw the ball like 80 yards. Like a video game. Very much like a video game. Eventually, what happened the next season, they went to the playoffs. And I think I think they might have made the Super Bowl again, or maybe they, they lost in the playoffs, but barely. And they fired Jim Harbaugh for no reason. Like, he was the only reason that they were so good. Everybody thought that, oh, no, it's because of Colin Kaepernick. It's because of that defense. So what ended up happening, Jim Harbaugh left. The 49ers tanked, and they became one of the worst NFL teams in the league the past three years. So that's where Colin Kaepernick stands now. The thing that most people don't realize is Colin Kaepernick is not rated a very good QB anymore. People realize it was Jim Harbaugh's system that made him a good QB. Jim Harbaugh is not in the NFL anymore, so he's not a coach. So you're saying he shouldn't have a job? I'm saying that no one wants, no one wants Colin Kaepernick as their starting NFL quarterback, much less a, a second string. You know how many good college players come out to the NFL every year? A vast, a lot of them. Like Dak Prescott, we have a good, pretty good backup. Could we use Colin Kaepernick? Probably not because we have a pretty good backup. There's a lot of teams where they have a really good quarterback and they just can't use Colin Kaepernick. Same thing happened to uh, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow wasn't a very good quarterback at all, but they used him. The guy who drafted him was the same, same thing. He had a coach. He drafted him. They drafted Tim Tebow. They made him into a star. And what happened... Once that coach got fired, Tim Tebow got let go because he didn't have his system in place and he just looked terrible. Um, so that happens in the NFL where they'll have a quarterback that'll be really hot for a little while, and once the system is gone, they find out that whole oh, crap he wasn't a good he wasn't a good quarterback at all because he can't adjust to every system. So you're saying a hundred percent of the players that are being paid to play are like perfect. I'm saying is that Colin Kaepernick is not a good quarterback. He's just not. He can't fit somewhere else. Um, I think at this point, I think another way to look at it, because I said there's two ways to look at it, or I said there was two angles. The other angle is you're looking at it from a, you know, well, actually not probably, 100%. You're looking at it from a white male owner who makes billions of dollars every year from his NFL team. And he sees what Colin Kaepernick is, a really bad quarterback. He does what 
he, he believes is the right thing to do, that doesn't increase his value at all. If anything, it brings um, attention to a team that probably doesn't, probably the owner doesn't want that attention on his team. So that's what I'm saying. It's kind of working, it's kind of working at your place. Like if I worked at my job or your job, you worked at your job, and being the loud mouth person that's always complaining about things doesn't mean that they're wrong. They're probably right. It's just that if the culture there is do your job, come in every day, don't talk, blah, 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 then you're not going to fit in with that culture. Do you know what I mean? And by him saying stuff, it doesn't fit in well with the NFL culture the way it is. A lot of the guys in the NFL, and this is and I blame one person for all of this, Roger Goodell. He's a commissioner of the NFL. He has every power in his right to get Colin Kaepernick a starting job. He he actually did that for the first and I'm probably gonna get a ton of hate mail, but there was a there was an NFL player that came into the NFL draft and he was the first outward or how do you say outward or is it the first like he was okay saying he was a homosexual coming into the NFL. He was he got drafted and everybody knew he was a homosexual. And but no one cared because I'm I'm sure there's been hundreds of homosexuals in the NFL that are playing right now or that have played in the past. So no one cares. He was just the first one to say it out loud. Um, Roger Goodell called his buddies, Jeff Fisher. This is reported by ESPN. This is not just coming out of speculation. He called his buddy Jeff Fisher and said, hey, do you have anywhere on this team for this guy? We want to make sure that the NFL recognizes that uh, even though you're different, you are you are able to play in this league. Um, and so he called his buddy Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher drafted him. And I think he played a total of like three NFL games and they cut him just because he wasn't that good. He just wasn't good. It wasn't because he was homosexual. He just wasn't a good player. Same thing with Colin Kaepernick. Roger Goodell could call one of his buddies and say, hey, can you make sure that we have this guy on somebody's team? You'll be really doing me a solid, just like he did for Michael Sam, I believe his name was. He hasn't done that. So that's why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Super messed up. But this has been, this has been going on for a long time. A lot of people don't realize, but the NFL is very much a boys club. And what I mean by a boys club, uh, yeah. what I mean by a boys club, they're very much boys. So if you get along with the boys and you're good with the boys. And if you're a guy and you're listening to this podcast, um, I probably not at every place, but I've worked at some places where it's just male dominated field or just male testosterone environment. And yeah, it's very much like that. If you're, if you come in there and you're not willing to joke around with the guys or get into it with the guys, then they look at you like you're just some like asshole and sometimes that has a good too thing too but most of the time if you're a guy coming into an environment with other guys you kind of want to get on board with what they do and it's very hard to stop what the majority says but that's how the nfl is well it still sucks yeah it still sucks and i think what he's doing is actually the right thing i don't want to come on like negative i think what he did is the right thing i think by him setting up he's basically saying you know f you this is what i believe in and that's awesome and right now, he just needs to fall on the sword because that's what a good martyr does. So basically, what you're saying is he put himself in the spotlight to prove that he wasn't that good of a player. No, he put himself in the spotlight because of what he believed in. Right. And now and, he needs to accept the consequences of it, and that's being blackballed by the NFL. he's not a great player because 
he's, he's not a good player, life. but if, he, if, like I said, if he was like a paint Manning or something, like somebody who was on, who was in the quote unquote boys club, who was like willing to, you if know, ride with white? the boys, huh? If he were white, no, it has nothing to do with race. If he was mm. like part of the boys club, no, there's some black male athletes that are in the boys club. Ladanian Thomason is one of those black male athletes. He's a great man. He actually does great things, but he's one of those people that. Is considered to be in the boys' club, or they're I don't he's. Know who that is. It means like they're just they're willing to go with what the NFL no, says. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know who that is. He's a really good athlete. So, okay. but but Colin Kaepernick is not that. He's never been that. Okay. So that's why I'm saying like, I think what he did is right, and I think what he does very right, and I'm I'm super proud that he did that. I think that a lot of athletes like LeBron James, and you have a lot of um, musicians like Jay Z. Like that, just don't speak up, and it's just kind of like. Well, I think Jay Z does it well, as music. I've never heard him say anything about any of that stuff, and but yet I hear about Colin Kaepernick. I feel like Jay Z is a bigger person. I would hear about him. And LeBron did when uh, they it come took out. him. It took him a while. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like there's other athletes that who are way higher, that you know have well, way I more to lose. That suit. should. They that followed suit. Yeah, that well, that shouldn't. That's because of Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, though. but that's absolutely. what I'm saying. It, why does it take somebody you like Colin get the ball Kaepernick? Why does it take Colin Kaepernick to do it? It should be because those people doing it. Because he's a good enough man with the conscience to think that he has to stand and that's for good. injustice. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like it, that's good that he did that because it was worth it in the end. Because now everybody's talking about it. They won't put it to rest. So it's good that he did that. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, in the long run, this is a good thing. Yes, it might, it might have cost him millions of dollars that he lost in the short term. But in the actual society society of where, where he lives in this time, that's one of the biggest things he could have ever done. And that's a good thing that he did that. Now he just needs to fall on the sword and just accept the consequences. And that's not playing the NFL ever again. Or let's just stop killing men and women of color. If anything, you already know how I feel about all that, so mm-hmm. we'll have to get in that to that next time. Because I, I really believe that you, you might to be it? too long-winded for this. <laughs> I, I, Save I really, it for next time. Okay, I can <laughs> tell you. I tell you how to solve this whole problem. Save but. it. We're done. It was all just about Colin. Okay. Okay, that's all for the news. Super depressing. And what did we learn? The no, war no. on women is real, and the war on colored is real. Um, also, please send in your emails, like I said, to hello at murder, Reno, tech, and ATX.com. So send us your email. We'll, we'll, we'll be glad to read it next week yeah. in the news. And we'll definitely reply. All right. This week in our recommendations for Austin, um, it's food. All food. <laughs> Why do you say all food for? Well, like it's a bad thing. I figured, you know, we would have different recommendations, but today it's just about food. I'm not going to lie, you guys. I'm a foodie. Uh-huh. And, and being in Austin, there's a lot of good food. Yep. I love to so, eat. So um, today I had brunch for one of my friend's birthdays, and we went to a place called Griselda on uh, Tillery. It's on the corner of where Second and Caesar split, but technically it's on Tillery. It's a all-you-can-eat brunch buffet. Um, if you're big on brunch and big on buffets, this is definitely a place for you. It's about 20 bucks a person. 
Um, if you don't like buffets like me, it's definitely not the place for you. They had some really great music. It is a smaller venue, but um, they had some really good special cocktails and um, mimosas and different kind of mixed drinks. Um, but more importantly, the food. The food, they had all the meats you could think of, eggs to your heart's desire, and they would make special-to-order pancakes as well. So if you're in the mood for brunch, uh, all you can eat, head up Griselda's on Tillery. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, what did they... Do they have refried beans there? Or no? They had black refried beans. Were they as good as Taco Deli's? No. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, that's the only... See, like me, I, if I had to go to a best. Mexican... Is it a Mexican restaurant? I didn't think so, but it's Tex-Mex, it says. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do they put cheese on their beans? No, no, the buffet's set up so you top it however you want. Everything's split, like everything's separate. I'm surprised they didn't have pinto refried beans. They didn't. They had, well, black beans like hipster, and that's, I think, who they're catering to. Oh. Pinto beans are like hardcore Mexican. Is it? Yeah. Just because it's brown? Yeah, totally. The black beans are like the hipster's preference. Well, Taco Deli makes some really good black refried beans. And, oh, yeah. And I feel like, man, dude, you could put that in a can and people would buy it. But, um, yeah, I've, I've had black refried beans before and it just tastes terrible every time. Taco Deli is the only black refried beans that I've ever had where I was like, They're the best. it's freaking amazing. I'd rather yeah. have that than like regular mm -hmm. pinto beans. And mm -hmm. that says a lot, honestly. That's um, true. Yeah, I don't know if I would go there. I feel like there's a lot of better options there on the east side. There is, but... Like, I'd rather just eat one a million and people, spend only six bucks People for were, like, really loving that place. It was packed. They do reservations. Hopefully, like, hopefully they had it, a lot of business. Hopefully it kills the line at one a million, then. That's good. Well, the line at one in a million is not that bad. It's pretty bad. Um, but, yeah, that's a good recommendation. Griselda. Griselda's or Griselda? Griselda. Griselda, past Pleasant Valley on 2nd Street. Cool. And Tillery. So my recommendation is one that Another you buffet. <laughs> yeah, it's another buffet. It doesn't have to be. My recommendation is um, one that you, if you follow me on Instagram or follow me on Facebook, um, you'll see that there is uh, always sushi being displayed there. Um, so Sushi Juna is my pick this is that week. Is really how you say it? I don't know how to say it. Uh, my first experience was, was actually when I used to work at UT. Um, uh, me and a couple of friends, uh, co-workers from work, uh, there was this one particular dude that worked there and he came in, he came in to work one day and he was like, Carlos, Sushi Juna. And I was like, what? Sushi Juna, we're going for lunch. And I was like, calm down, Solomon. What are you talking about? He's like, we gotta go. We gotta go. It's only twenty dollars. Are you can eat sushi? He he's already pulling my heartstrings because he knows, <laughs> you know, I love sushi. I could eat the whole ocean if you let me, and uh, he knows I like a good deal. So, sure enough, on Fifteenth Street and no, is it Fifteenth Street? Is it Lavaca? Oh, it's Lavaca and Fifteenth. Yeah, Fifteenth. Yeah, yeah. Lavaca and Fifteenth. Hole in the wall. Uh, hole in the wall. It's a very much hole in the oh, wall. Oh, like I was you like, could no, miss that's it. on Waterloo. Um, yeah, it's on 15th and Lavaca, downtown, you know. Right by the, by UT. Right by UT, but it's, um, I would say 
It's right next to Clay Pit, if you guys know that whole area. Um, but South of UT. South of UT, uh, kind of like, I guess, West Campus. Well, middle of West That's Campus. That's what Google Maps is just for. Just Google Maps. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, just go down Lavaca. And <laughs> a second location on Parmer. Oh, yeah. So they have a second location on Parmer. P-A-R-M-E-R. Uh, that one, that's wow. the one that we go to now. The one, the one that we went to that one time, um, we basically went there. We didn't know what to expect. There's like six dudes went there and we all were hungry and we all ordered the, the buffet. There's like four and, tables in and, there. Huh? There's like four tables yeah, in there. Yeah, there's very small at the Labaca location, but it's good if you like can fit or don't mind waiting. But it's funny because we went there. We ordered a crap ton of sushi. It's all you can eat. They have every type of sushi available. Don't get me wrong. It's not the best sushi in Austin. Not by far. We have tons of award-winning sushi places here in Austin. There's it's still really good. There's though. Netflix documentaries on some of the sushi places here in yeah, Austin. Yeah, Uchiko. Or yeah, whatever. Uchiko and Uni. Like those are the big, you know, big. Big, yeah, but that's a two hundred dollar bill. Yeah, that's yeah, and they're really expensive. I, and I've never been there. I would love to go there. I would really love to go Calm there. Down. But they're booked like <laughs> months in advance, and I'm just not rich. And like your that. wife doesn't want to pay and that. And my much. wife doesn't want to pay that. But I would love to go there. Um, and I, I mean, I'm the type of person that as long as I get a good experience, um, and I'm and I pay a lot of money for it, then I'm perfectly okay with it. It's when. I pay a lot of money for an experience and I don't get the experience. That's when I'm very upset. So as long as they provide a great experience at Uchiko or Uni, then I'm cool with that. But anyway, back to Sushi Juna. It's not that. It's it's very much hardworking. Um, um, how would are they are they are they Asian or are they Japanese? Sushi is usually Japanese. They're Japanese. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hardworking people behind the counter. Making really great sushi at affordable prices. You can buy a la carte, but I really recommend you go buffet style because uh, it's only twenty one ninety nine on lunch, and you're pretty much getting everything on the on the menu that you want. The only catch, and this is the catch, and we didn't, we actually didn't find that. We when I went the first time, we we didn't know about this catch, so we ordered a crap ton of sushi. It was like fifteen twenty plates, you know, amongst five people, and. It got and then uh, Solomon, my coworker, he ordered an additional three plates of sushi. And when they come out, they come out with a boat of sushi, and it looks marvelous. Um, and we were all full. <laughs> and he literally orders three more things, thinking that he's gonna take it home. No, we asked the he. I think he asked the lady, "Hey, can we can we uh, take this to go?" She's like, "No, you have to eat it here." And he's like. Oh, really? Well, I thought it was buffet. Yeah, but you have to eat it all here. If whatever you don't eat, you have to pay for. We're like, what? We were like, what? She's like, yeah, if you don't if you don't finish your food, I guess people do that. I guess people go and get Waste. buffet and they order a lot and they just they throw it away. So they implement a rule and it says in the thing that whatever you don't eat, you will have to pay we'll for. They'll charge you a la carte. They'll charge you a la carte prices. Um, we've never, that's never happened to us. But that time, it was really close. Like we were all like, we were full, and we were just, like, stuffing our faces, and then we went back to work, and we were just all sick of sushi. Well, just know if sushi. you go after four or five, the prices go up to 29 Yeah. Yeah, and if you go up, if you go to, like, dinner times, twenty nine ninety nine, like like Christina said, um, I feel, still think that's a great deal. If yeah. it's just you and another person who really enjoys sushi, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. I would love to go to Uchiko and Uni, but... 
after finding this place, it's kind of hard to, um, just because I enjoy it. It's really good sushi, and I don't, I think the people that make I it I think it's delicious. Talented, Cucumber passion all the way. I wouldn't say I have the best palate in the world, and I'm sure Christina would agree with you that. Don't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she likes it, so that says something. Exactly. Okay, so I think we're ready to get into our TV recommendations. Yeah. Woohoo! So what have you been so, watching this week? This week, I haven't watched anything in particular. However, I do have a recommendation for a TV show that comes out on OWN, which is Oprah's uh, channel. It's called Queen Sugar. The show basic premise it follows the life of three siblings one brother and two sisters who with one of the sisters teenage sons moved to the heart of louisiana to claim an inheritance from their recent departed father an 800 acre sugarcane farm so it not only has you crying in the first episode it has some really great characters the borderline uh, siblings um, you follow them after, spoiler alert, their father passes away and inherits. They inherit the land and they struggle with the idea of getting back to their lives yet wanting to follow their father's wishes. They each have their own, you know, lives. They're not, they didn't grow up farmers like their father was. And so they struggle with the idea of. Here we go with race again, but a white family basically trying to buy their, you know, 800 acres for, you know, pennies when the land is worth so much more in the millions uh, based on the sugar. And so um, the first season was last year. It was about 13 episodes, I think. And the second scene just started, and I'm waiting, waiting for it to come out on Hulu because we don't have cable. So if you don't have cable, you might have to wait. Um, but the first season is available right now on Hulu, and that's a great show to watch. Drama and lots of uh, very real to date kind of uh, issues and realities that we are facing right now in this time that we live. So, Queen Sugar is my recommendation for this week. Oh, that's awesome. Huh. Where did you watch that at if we don't have cable? On Hulu. Oh, so they do have just the first season. They have season. the whole first season. The second season just started, and I expected that it would load up ish episode by episode the way it kind of does with live TV. Amazon. But it did you check Amazon? I haven't. I haven't. But I'm wondering if OWN is kind of different and maybe they're just going to load the whole season when it's done, kind of like Netflix does. So I'm just waiting. But yeah, it's a really, really good show. I would say probably check Amazon Prime. Um, what they do, uh, I don't know if it's every Showtime show or every um, CBS show. But I'll watch a show. I don't know. Maybe I'm paying for it. Won't well, no, you would tell me if no, you're paying for it. Yeah, I would know. Um, so it's weird. Like they'll have the whole season. They kind of did that with The Walking Dead, or not The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, where they had the whole first season, and then every episode of the second season would start showing up on there, and I'd be like, uh, "How I am I getting?" I think it depends on the network. It comes yeah, I think out. it depends. I'm like, "How I am I getting these shows?" Yeah. yeah, and then they do that too with. Um, there's another show that I watch on CBS All Access, but I don't have CBS All Access. 
but it shows some episodes that I because it had the whole first four episodes. Like I guess Amazon just bought the mm-hmm. rights to stream it, and then they start showing every new episode. Actually, I need to go back and watch. I feel that. like CBS is a more popular channel though. Like, well, they did that with AMC wise. too. There's a couple Showtime shows that they'll they'll sponsor a whole season, maybe and then Oprah's like, Mm-mm, maybe that's what's access. going on. Um, but usually Hulu and how that usually works is they'll come out with the whole first season or the whole season right before the new season drops. Oh, like maybe. Mr. Robot will will like the second season. It had been out for a very long time. But it didn't hit like Netflix and all those places until like two months ago. That's because the new season just dropped mm, this week, maybe. which episode I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen the new season of Mr. Mm-hmm. Robot yet. I'm going to wait because I don't want to dive into it just yet. Um, so my recommendation this week, I really don't have a TV recommendation just because I've been stuck on this cryptocurrency game. Mm-hmm. Christina can vouch for me on that. Uh, but I did, I did tell you what I did watch because that's a lie. I did watch some stuff. But I watched everything on YouTube. It's I'm slowly real not realizing I'm slowly noticing that I am moving away from the typical like Hulu and Amazon Prime stuff. I don't know if it's just my interests are varying or if I just haven't found that killer show since Handmaiden's Tale. But um, I'm realizing now that I'm spending a lot of time on YouTube, just researching everything. Man, uh, guys, I would just want to say, like, if you have a problem <laughs> with anything in your life, whether it's like mechanical or audio or just your feelings or anything like that, type that into YouTube. And there's a thousand videos talking about whatever you whatever you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was into fasting for like a month and I was looking at fasting videos and there's tons of tips on that. I was into, or now I'm into the whole cryptocurrency stuff. So I'm looking into cryptocurrency stuff and I'm watching all over YouTube and I'm watching all those. Um, I've always been into UFOs, conspiracies and all that stuff. So that's like a timeless classic of a a rabbit hole to fall down watching a lot of stuff like that too. Um, Pretty much whatever you're into, and I'm sure you guys already know this. um, Yeah, even if you're unsure about something or if you're working through something in your head that you're like, hmm, I wonder if, uh, I wonder how you do something like that, or I wonder how this works. Um, I would say run that search through YouTube, run that search through YouTube, and you will find uh, what you're looking for. So my recommendation this week is YouTube. (laughs) Use YouTube. YouTube, okay. All right, so next big segment is our topic of interest. And as I said last week, I was going to talk to you about a book that I had recently read in my book club. It's called The Long Shadows of Small Ghost, and it's by the author Laura Tillman. And so, yeah, Laura Tillman. And so basically this book Um, she goes to Brownsville, and if any of you know Texas very well, or South Texas for that matter, Brownsville is at the very, very bottom point of Texas, and basically across from Mexico, it's considered one of the 16th most populous cities in the state of Texas, and yet it is one of has one of the highest poverty rates in the nation. And the reason that's uh, of such interest is because 
the murders that occurred occurred to one of the families that live in Brownsville who are the poorest of the poor. And so the book basically goes through goes through um, interviews with the father and the mother who were involved in the killing of their three children. Wait, wait. So you're saying there's this this book is about two a parent a couple killing their own kids? Yeah. Holy crap! They murdered. Okay. And what year was this? Um, this actually happened in two thousand and three. Crap. Yeah, it was super recent and um so basically after you read the book you kind of have like i don't know if you have empathy or sympathy for the guy but he lived what a guy? really bad life the guy who killed his kids i know you're not like super empathetic at all no like, like if you no heard compassion a, you've heard a child i understand and, and no. if you if you kill a child at that, I'm sorry, you don't pass go, you don't collect two hundred dollars. So um, let me read you. I, my I'm notes. just. I, I know everybody has trauma in their okay. life, and some people have it worse than others. Well, but at the same time, it doesn't give you the right to inflict that yeah. pain on a child. I know. <laughs> at much less, you know, pick an adult and inflict that pain on them. But to a child who doesn't understand the world or even had a chance to live, mm-hmm. that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Okay, you let me read the synopsis. Yeah. So, on March 11, 2003, in Brownsville, Texas, one of America's poorest cities, John Allen Rubio and Angelica Camacho murdered their three young children. The apartment building in which the brutal crimes took place was already run down, and in their aftermath, a consensus developed in the community that it should be destroyed. It was a place neighbors felt that was pegged by a spiritual cancer. In 2008, journalist Laura Tillman covered the story for the Brownsville Herald. The question it raised haunted her, particularly one asked by the sole member of the city's Heritage Council to oppose demolition. Is there any such thing as an evil building? So in the book, you can read about the actual murders, and um, there's pictures and everything. The children were all under five, and um, I won't go into detail. It's pretty graphic. Um, But basically, I think... I think they had not only mental issues. They say issues, why they killed him. Yeah, they had mental issues. They were not of a high IQ. Technically, they were probably deemed mentally retarded or mentally handicapped, whatever the PC word is. Um, and they had a breakdown in in their brain. I think they just had a mental breakdown. But they also had a spiritual issue because the reason they murdered these children is they thought they were possessed by the devil. And so they thought in order to release them of their possession, they murdered him. And that happens a lot with possessed individuals. Did they say why they thought that they were possessed? Yes. What did they um, say? What did they John do? Allen, John Allen talks about it in interviews that he, on occasion heard the children talk in different voices he heard them talk like they were his grandmother who was dead and so he felt that they were possessed by not only demonic spirits by by his grand grandmother and he grew up in a very 
Strict Catholic. Off, no, he grew up in an awful environment. His mother had like 13 kids and like sold like half of them. She sold him into prostitution at like the age of like eight or 10. He was already hooked on drugs and alcohol as a preteen. Um, yeah, the kid, the kid had a rough child, like childhood, rough upbringing. He had no support system. Child services had been called to the house and there was no follow-up. So it also is a break in our justice system. And unfortunately, you know, CPS is not to blame because they're underfunded and overworked. We all know that. But we really, truly, as a society, uh, failed these children because this would have never happened if CPS, if the, you know, um, families or friends, neighbors had intervened. And that's where it comes into yeah, point that's where, where it people comes into, like, it, it. It takes, it, it's not... It's not just the saying that people say, but it takes a community to raise kids or it takes a village to raise a child. Well, and especially if you true. have two parents like, like them. Take us, for example. There's two kids that live next door to us. The other day, I'm driving, I'm driving home and this kid is like riding his bicycle oh, yeah. up and down they the do street. That all the time. And I'm going over there and I stop. I physically stop the car because I want him to understand like you're not supposed to drive head on to a car. So I stop the car. I wait for him to go, and then he looks at me and realizes what he has done. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just doing wheelies, and he's just being a kid. He doesn't know any better, mm -hmm. but he needs to understand that, you know, that you need to be careful. You can't just, you know, run around. So I pull into the driveway. I get, in, I get into my house, and that's it. I don't tell him anything because I think he already understood what he was doing. So by him driving in the street or riding his bicycle in the street crazy... I stopped to make a point that, hey, you can't do that because I'm, I'm a very kind gentleman when it comes to my driving skills. But if there's some kid who just got out of high school or he just got out of, the, you know, get out of school and he's 16 years old and he's driving his little Honda Accord. <laughs> they all like to fly through here. too, they, And they love to fly through here and they love to drive fast through here like. That kid would have got hit, like mm -hmm. got hit. No, not not even a question. If I was if I was like those drivers driving really fast, I would hit him. But I, I saw him as soon as I turned in there. I, I already know to look for him because I'm like that kid's always playing right there. So I know what to look for him. Well, and that's why that's why I say as a society, we fail those children because somebody should have done something. Yeah. Somebody should have seen the warning signs. These, the, these parents and their kids, every single day, they'd walk to the bus to go to the food bank and eat. This is where they ate every day. They uh, oh, People saw them walking and uh, with the kids in the strollers every day down the streets. They didn't live in, like, the boonies. They lived on a main street in Brownsville. And the, the apartment building itself was an atrocity. It was like this communal building. Everybody shared a bathroom. The plumbing was bad. It was there was infestation. It was just it was disgusting. And they actually uh, demolished the building last summer. Finally, after like and, thirteen and it's years. It's one of those things, and it's too bad that um, you know you you see that time and time again, where you have you know a family and they're struggling, and either the parents just don't have the the knowledge or the the chance like a regular person like me or Christina have to, you know, 
to make the move to do better for yourselves. Um, I feel like not everybody's equipped to do that. And I know I'm one-sided on this opinion. Uh, I do feel like there's some people out there, you know, um, I can name some names, but I won't say them now. Uh, they're all family, don't worry. <laughs> so there's some, there's some people that just aren't equipped for real life. They, for whatever reason, they just can't figure out how to, how, to, how to win in life. And what I mean by winning in life, that means being, being your own person and taking care of your own self and being able yeah, to afford the day-to-day, day-to-day bills the and all that stuff. Too. Um, yeah, and that's another thing. And I feel like those people like him, and I'm going to get a shit ton of hate mail, but they need assistance. And those kids need to be taken away from them. They did. And those kids need to be raised somewhere else, either in a foster care or something. They were Or they need to be raised by somebody else. Exactly. And those people either need help mentally. But I think when people see people like that, they don't think that. They think, oh, look at those people. They're just on food stamps and they don't care. Yeah, but that's... They're not trying to help themselves. They just do drugs. They just start laminating them with all these different things. Yeah, people are ignorant. And for the most part... Maybe 10, 20% of those people is in fact doing that, but the vast majority of, of them aren't. It's even smaller than that. I don't know. I don't know the stats, but I'm saying I've known people that were that did take advantage it's of 3% that actually. Well, I've known, I've known people that have taken advantage of those, of those food stamps and done that stuff. So I know, I know, that, I know that world. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't say in my in my world it was like fifty percent. Yeah, it was all there. That's why it was concentrated in that area. Probably, but I'm just saying, like I've known people that have done that, and yeah, and I remember telling them like, "Hey, don't do that. That's you know, that's messed up. You know, whatever." And they don't listen. They just keep doing what they're doing. Well, well over. But either way, what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is, no, I'm saying in my circle that those are the people that I know know that were doing that, and and I tell them something, they don't listen. But they ruin it for everybody else that do really mm-hmm. need it. You know, there's a college kid out there right now, probably listening to this podcast. He doesn't, he has a part-time job at Pizza Hut, probably a delivery driver or whatever. He's going to school at community college. He's paying his own way for community college because his parents don't make enough. So he's doing that. He's working this job. He, he applies for food stamps, but he only gets like $10 for food stamps, if that. It's one of those things where people like him need to be rewarded way more than people that, you know, have been on food stamps for a very long time. I think, I think at the very least, I think at the very least what they need to do is create some sort of plan to where, you know, you're on it for five or six, seven years. After that, you need, you need to get weaned off of it and you need to get people that, who really need it, like college kids who are trying to better themselves in the future, give them some food, (laughs) give them some food stamps, like invest in the youth as opposing to invest in, in, people that are in their 40s and 50s who have never tried to do anything for themselves not saying that they can't just saying that of their situation wean those people off or keep taking care of them but i feel like we need to invest more in the youth and we're just not investing in our youth as much we're not giving them a chance honestly i don't think it has to do with just the youth more than 50 60 maybe even 80 percent of food stamp recipients are employed there's very, very minimal that actually don't do anything. What I'm saying is also is like if, by investing in, in the youth, by investing in schools, you know, there could have been an after school program for these kids. You know, there could have been something there if if there was, you know, some kind of help for kids. When I went when I was when I was in elementary, uh, I grew up in a very poor family. The school that I went to was a special emphasis school. 
They, um, they provided us with winter coats during the winter. They provided us with shoes in the spring. And this was an everyday thing from since I was in uh, pre-K, kindergarten, all the way up until like fourth grade. That's what they did for us. They bought us coats in the winter and they bought us shoes. And I think they even bought some pants or they gave us some money. And it was because it was all like within that special emphasis school because it was in a very poverty area. That's what the school did for a lot of the kids there. Um, and I think that that's what they need to do for some of these places. They're just either they don't have the money. And Brownsville is not a very... Brownsville is um, one of the poorest in the country. Yeah, it's one of the poorest in the country, but it's because no one invests over there and there's yeah. no jobs. Like, there's no yeah, jobs there's for no people. Jobs. Only jobs they have are, like, retail jobs. So it, it's it's kind of up to the community leaders to create those jobs by any means necessary. And sometimes they only look for their, their pockets. So when you tell me that... Well, so it's you, like you said about Corpus. Everybody is not letting the town progress because of their own benefit. Yeah, exactly. So and that's what that's what I'm saying. That that's when you see a lot of crime, and that's when you see a lot of killings and stuff like that. Is because they're guess what they're not doing. They're not working, so they're not being busy. Mm-hmm. And that's you know what they, what's that saying they say? Idle, Idle hands, hands make for great television. No. Idle hands. Are the something of the devil or something? Oh, I don't have the, the hands of the devil or something, something like that. Are like the that. tools of the devil? Oh yeah, maybe. Probably, I don't know. Um, I Either think it, it sounds like the guy was fucking nuts. It sounds like the <laughs> wife was fucking nuts too as well for going along she with him. Slow. Her IQ um, was very. Uh, shame on their family, cause mm-hmm. that's who I blame. Like if mm-hmm. I'm gonna blame anybody, I'm blaming their family. I'm blaming yeah. his brother. They I'm knew. blaming his sister. They I'm blaming his all brother them. Wasn't there. Um, that they, I'm blaming all those people. Shame mm-hmm. on them. They should have done something about it. They should have took those kids away from them. Yeah. Um, sometimes you gotta either make a choice whether to take kids away or leave them there, um, and then follow through with it. But that's why I said we that's a sad story. Dang, way to bring down the podcast. Way to bring us down. Dang. I'm sorry. I told you. So I what did the lady murder. conclude at the end of the story? What did she conclude at the end? Uh, she also sympathizes with the poor guy. We both, if I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you see a Y'all criminal. Hate kids. No, when you, I know you have like no sympathy for criminals for whatever. It's not that I don't have no life. sympathy for criminals. It's yeah, just you don't because no, we've talked about. No, this. it's not that I don't have no sympathy for criminals. It's just that if you've been proven guilty of something and you know that you're guilty in your heart and you you know that you it, just do the time okay and i think i think when you get out and you've done the time then all is forgiven that's what i believe if you if you if you admit to something you fuck up and you know that you're fucking up and you know that you screwed up and you go to jail and you come out of jail and people are still trying to criticize you for what you've done mm-hmm. they should you should tell them to fuck off because you already did the time you know i'm a very much believer in that well just so you know, he was sent. He was sentenced to death on July twenty seventh, twenty ten. And he should. And he's currently serving, I guess, in Cameron County. He should because yeah, Cam- there's absolutely no like. If he really thought he would, they were possessed. Why didn't he just take him to the nearest church? Or why did? Because or why didn't he take him mentally? No, and I'm I'm sure he was mentally handicapped, but. You know, there's so many ways that he could have he could have solved this in a different way. But maybe all he knows is physical pain, and maybe that's all he thought was the answer to everything. 
that's possible too, but I just feel like, I don't know, man, that's awful. That yeah, is that's awful. Pretty bad. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I don't empathize with them, but it's kind of hard to when you kill your three children. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it's because I'm a guy. I just can't have empathy for another man killing his own children. Just, yeah. I just don't see it. There's a there's a lot of that's this like story. me saying that my dogs talk to me, and they're possessed, and then me going killing my dogs. Like, would you have empathy for me? No. Mm-mm. No, because you'd be on the same list as Michael Vick. Because you would be like, well, and I'd say no, because I'm crazy. Or, I, you know, if, or, you, if I saw you acting crazy, uh, but we would already that's, be that's taken what, care That's of what that. I'm saying, though. Like, it's one of those things. It, that's how strong I feel about it. Like, it, yeah, I'm sure he was crazy. Like, but it doesn't give you the right to go no, kill three absolutely. kids. No, I'm not condoning the fact that he. But you're empathizing with him, and that means children. that says a lot. But I'm also like thinking about. But this you wouldn't empathize with anybody that killed three dogs, Christina. <laughs> and you know that's the truth. Okay, so he's on death row in Livingston, Texas. Yeah, you so. wouldn't empathize with anybody killing three dogs, three puppy dogs at that. Yeah, huh? yeah, that changes yeah. everything, doesn't it? No, I'm not. Especially, okay, what if what if there's a mentally handicapped kid and he's not all there? He's very tontito, you know. He's not all there, and he, you know, let's call him a teenager. He has autism and he's handicapped, and he has three dogs, and you're taking care, and he, you're in the house with them. They're your three dogs, and he's like, "Hey, I was petting him, and I killed him. <laughs> now he won't wake up." I don't think- well, no, but what if what if he what if a kid did that, or a seventeen year old kid did that? You know he, he was keep crazy. Away from all the other dogs. But you know he was crazy. But he already killed three dogs. He showed you the box of, of dogs. Oh, he killed all. He killed all of them. Oh God. Would you have empathy for him? I would. I would empathize for, a, to a degree. Like I'm saying with this guy, like he had a lot, a lot going on. I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be on death row. All I'm saying is this guy had it rough. He had a bad life, and he was failed by society. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that have that same Uh predicament that don't kill their kids. It's true. So that doesn't give him an excuse, a free pass. It's not a free pass. I'm not. uh, It's not this get out of jail card. All I'm saying is he was failed by society There's and his family. There's a lot of people that, yeah. that are like that, though, too. Yeah. Carlos, we're never going to agree. Yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine. I don't agree with the Brownsville murder. I don't think that that's right just because he's super Catholic. and you know. I don't even think he was super Catholic. I think he grew he up had to in be. a very Catholic environment. Yeah, he had environment, to be. I mean, but I don't if think he's, he was. I grew up in a very Mexican household, so... I remember like the oh whatever the you know the Catholic things that they do and yeah it's one of those where like it could seriously screw you up if you're really because I went to Catholic school like my first oh lord uh, five years He's gonna kill me one day no but in the Catholic school the one that I went to they would they would go in there and tell us Santa Claus was bad and I remember being a kid and me and David me and my younger brother David were like uh, why is Santa Claus bad because when we go to school they tell us Santa Claus was good we didn't understand. But when we, when we go to church Catholic on Sunday, they would tell us it was ridiculous. bad. So we didn't understand. We were confused. Want. So that's what I'm trying to say is... The Catholics are crazy. The seeing Catholics is for crazy. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that they're all crazies. I'm just saying that that's what I saw yeah. as a kid. 
So, I mean, it's one of those where maybe he grew up the same thing like that. Maybe it was 10 times worse. Maybe the Catholic priest did stuff to him. Who knows what it was, but it oh, screwed yeah, him up. I story about that. It screwed him up, though. It screwed him up big time. Okay, that was my Yeah, that topic. was your story. Gosh. A good story. Yeah, it's a... It's a it's an interesting story, interesting topic. Um, yeah, we're going to have to disagree on that one, but, <laughs> but I'm that's sure we'll fine. disagree on your topic, too. Oh, okay, so here's my topic. <laughs> so mine's, it's another Bitcoin story, oh. I'm sorry. It's a Bitcoin story. You can, okay. you can open your iPad and not pay attention for the rest of the show. <laughs> I'm not. Um, so there's this new coin called RippleCoin. Um, it's basically being backed by a bunch of Gangsters from, gangsters. you know, from the 2008 George Bush era. Like gangsters? Bangsters. B-A-N-K-S-T-E-R. Like gangsters. And uh, so what I am doing is investing in that coin. Okay. Oh, Carlos, I thought you were punk rock. I thought you were all anti-authority. Who said that? People have told me that. Oh. So... You're, you're right. investing in it or we're investing in it? We're investing in it. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I am very much like that. But I'm also a realist too. You're very punk. As I, very, as I get older, I become a realist. I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because the inner Carlos with the big imagination is getting chipped away every oh, year. It so sucks. Sad. It's really hard. That's why I really consider Walt Disney a personal hero of mine. Because I think it's one of those where it's good to have the inner child and you always dream and hope Mm -hmm. for better. Anyway, what I'm getting at is RippleCoin. So right now it's currently trading at 25 cents a coin. Um, Bitcoin is trading at 5,000, the time of this podcast, $5,650 a coin. Um, This coin, Ripple, is one of the, is in the top five currencies in the world, cryptocurrencies in the world. It's only behind Ethereum and Litecoin, Bitcoin being number one. Um, They are having a big press conference tomorrow, Monday through Wednesday. They're going to have Ben Bernanke. He's one of the backers of this coin. They're going to have the father of the Internet, Mr. He's still alive. What was his name? Uh, well, they call Mr. him the... Mr. Internet? Uh, no, not Mr. Internet. I forget his name, but he wasn't necessarily the father. He was just the one that came up with all the protocols, I believe. Um, yeah, because a woman invented the Bluetooth. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, they're going to have this big conference. Everybody's kind of guessing right now. Everybody's making bets as to what's going to happen with Ripple. Um, we invested some money this past weekend because I told Christina this is our chance to he buy a yacht. He harassed Christina. He didn't tell <laughs> Buy a yacht. No, I'm just saying. Um, basically, the way, the way cryptocurrency is now, Bitcoin is a, is, is a value because it's, it's, it's going to sustain a high at all times at this point until government gets involved and regulates it. Which they can't, by the What's way. What's Bitcoin at right now? $5,650. So they can't regulate it even though they want to. They would have to turn off the internet. Yeah, big government. Um, they could ban it, though. And they could, you know, go hands maiden's tail and go hey, after individuals that have Bitcoin. but this is a way for you to Bitcoin. still stick it to the big man. Huh? This is a way for you to still stick it to the big man. Yeah, so it's funny. So this Ripple coin... It's not funny. <laughs> this Ripple coin is so corrupt. It's so corrupt. And everybody knows how corrupt it is. 
Let me tell you why it's corrupt. Well, when you say that, though, you make it sound bad. It is bad. Then why are we investing in it? So it's not decentralized. Bitcoin is decentralized. What that means, there is not one owner behind Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. It's decentralized. Oh, it's peer-to-peer. -peer. I see where you're going. So with, with uh, Ripple coin, it's pretty much Ripple. centralized. And it's centralized between several nodes. Nodes are consider them like servers or routers in the network. And mm -hmm. those nodes are owned by Ripple Inc. So what they're doing, the whole point of, if you read their mission statement, it's a load of crap. But it's great because it's like, it's that load of crap that you get when you watch the news and you know mm -hmm. they're giving you crap. Like, you know, there's, there's like George Carlin, there's a good YouTube video I saw this week, George Carlin, where he says, what does America sell? America sells bullshit. <laughs> he goes into a whole thing of how everything's bullshit. It's the best. George Carlin was the best. Me, rest in peace. But they, 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 he, this Ripple has a mission statement. It's just, it's a bunch of bullshit. And they say that they're trying to create a coin that banks are going to use. And they're actually being successful. They're mm -hmm. actually in a hundred banks already because mm -hmm. there's a particular um, application called forget the name of it swift i forget there's a particular application where they use in banks where if it, it to transfer money over across uh, countries mm -hmm. across the world they use a particular application and the application has really high transaction fees they want to use ripple to transfer that money over um, they already implemented it in 100 banks already around the world mm -hmm. um, it's being backed by the same guys who were behind the 2008 crash they're keeping six there's a hundred and Hundred and I want to get this right. Hundred sixty billion of these coins. Mm -hmm. They're keeping sixty billion for themselves. They've only re released ninety billion coins. Um, there was this. It gets, gets better. So there was a company um, back when this coin was only worth um, two tenths of a cent, and they promised that company. Forget the name of it. They promised that company that they were going to sell them 8 million shares. Mm -hmm. Well, currently it, it's now at 25 cents. So they took the company that they promised, took them to court because they, they, they didn't, they, they reneged from the, from the actual, the, the, the amount that they were going to do. Mm -hmm. And um, so they took them to court and now they lost <laughs> the company that was promised that amount of coin uh, Ripple coin has lost, mm -hmm. so they not now aren't getting that eight million coin that they were supposed to. So what does that tell you? That tells me a person who <laughs> believes the way the world is is. I'm not saying they pay judges, but I'm saying they probably, you know, gave a wink, wink, nod, nod to somebody who was making that decision. That's just from my speculation. That's not anything I've read. Obviously, it's probably not true, but it's funny how they have it's a lot of powerful true. people behind this coin and they're trying to guard it another thing it's pretty crazy is um it's trading at 25 cents it's already up 26 26 cents going on 27 right now it's currently up like five percent over this past week because this coming week we're gonna do this whole thing um we've already invested heavily into it christina was harassed into it <laughs> no she wasn't no, uh, what do you... The what war do you against women is real. What do you think about this coin? Are you just like, Carlos, Carlos I'm expecting a, a loss case. on this. <laughs> Carlos is a nutcase who has premonitions like he's a character from Charmed. 
Um, but anyway, so <laughs> yeah, so we, I bought some Ripple and I'm holding on to it. I think at the very least it's going to hit a dollar by the end of the year. And I think as soon as next year, we'll see it close to $50. Um, and then maybe in three to five years, I'm hoping it gets anywhere between $350, $400 per coin. I think at the very there, least, you can have a motorcycle. I think at the very, I think at the very least, and this is what the very least. I think it'll get to fifty cents by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. It'll get to a dollar by the end of the year. It'll stay at ten dollars, eleven, fifteen dollars mm-hmm. at the end of next year, and then it'll just never get past the twenty dollar range at the very least. Mm-hmm. And that'll be that coin. I don't think that's true because they paid, there's a company behind it, Ripple. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of strong, powerful men behind it. They have a development team behind it. They have a marketing team behind it. Mm -hmm. They're investing in conferences. They're swinging deals. Um, I don't, I don't think that to be true. If anything, I hope, I hope it doesn't hit. I really don't. I think Bitcoin is not going to go away. It's still going to have its, it's still going to have its intrinsic intrinsic value Mm -hmm. just because it's totally decentralized i think bitcoin is going to be the gold and you're going to have ton of these other ton of cryptocurrencies and um in the future you're just going to be able to pay with whatever coin you have and it's going to be either so i think in the this is what i think long-term thing i think in the future you're going to have all types of coins Mm -hmm. the consumer you is not going to know what you're paying with you're going to go into a target you're probably going to pay with like ripple coin but if you if you go to like a dealership and you're trying to buy a car, you're mm-hmm. probably going to pay with Ethereum because that has more um, ownership on that blockchain. Mm-hmm. If you're buying a house, you're probably going to pay with Bitcoin. You won't know any of that. It, it, everything will just everything will just everything will just get equated back to Bitcoin. Okay. So the value the value of cryptocurrencies is based off of Bitcoin. So any other cryptocurrency that's not Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. is not considered the same it's not considered the same value that's why you'll have some coins only be worth two cents in u.s dollar amount and you right. won't have you have another coin worth 350 dollars. if you trade that two cent coin into bitcoin mm-hmm. you're going to get only so many tenths of a cent a tenths of a bitcoin for that share of that two cent coin so what i'm saying is in Tell the future me what you're saying. in the future you won't know what coin you're using It'll just be something you pay, and you'll be like, you have so-and-so Bitcoin. And you're going to be like, hmm. Sounds very demolition, man. Very is demolition, man. We're headed that way. It's, it's, it's kind of one Where of those Taco things. Taco Bell is considered. There is a, a really nice fancy Taco Bell in Japan, I think. It, well, that's demolition, man. Taco yeah. Bell's the way to go. It's, 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 it's getting... It, I feel like uh, this is the first year where I feel like we're into the strange weird future that we never thought we were going to be yeah and um this feels very much back to the future part two yeah you're super but excited. um yeah it feels so... very much 80s it's weird because this this timeline that we're on <laughs> if i say timeline because who knows when it's diverged but i feel like this timeline that we're on um feels very much 1980s you know science fiction mm-hmm. to me I, I watched you. a lot of 1980s science fiction movies when I was a kid, so I'm it feels sure you did. very much like that. We talk about it all the time. Um, but yeah, Ripple, it's going to change the way things are. If you guys are into cryptocurrencies, oh, actually, I you know, it's funny. So, so it's happening this week. This is when we're going to see if there's a jump. Mm-hmm. I'll report back here next week with you guys. Oh, okay. So I we'll see how wait. we'll see how wrong I was. 
I can't wait. watch it drop. If it drops down to two cents I tomorrow, can't I will be wait. upset, but at the same time, I will be happy because that shows you can't pull this shit and expect everybody else to pick up the spoon mm-hmm. exactly. and eat this delicious meat because that's not how cryptocurrency works. <laughs> okay. I really hope. I really hope that's what happens. I really I hope I lose out on this because I that, hope you don't. No, I do because I, I want. I want. I want Bitcoin to succeed, and this will prove. This will be a case for any other. Because there's. This isn't going to be the first one. This isn't going to be the last attempt at this. There's going to be other companies, and they're already starting to unleash their own coin. Um, that you're going to see other companies pump a crap ton of money behind a coin, hold some for hold some for ransom for themselves. And then turn around and sell it later. Um, this is what I'm saying. Like, I hope this doesn't pan out because I don't want this to not. I don't want this to pan out because I I really believe Bitcoin is the future, and I hope that wins out. But in the end, it doesn't. In the end, Ripple doesn't need to lose for Bitcoin to win, but we need Ripple to lose to show that you can't pull stuff like this and expect to make money, quick money, within mm-hmm. a year, two year span. Man. You got it all figured out. Yeah, I spent a lot of time watching YouTube videos this week about it. I'm not so, a genius, but I'm just saying. Fellas, what did you learn? What did I learn today? I learned my wife has empathy for a guy who killed <laughs> his own kids. I didn't realize you would have empathy for somebody that did that. Because I know you don't have empathy for a person that kills dogs. So I would never think you would have empathy for somebody that killed kids. That's what I learned this week. <laughs> Well, now you know. Don't be killing dogs. And yeah. that'll do it for tonight with a murder, you know? And a tech. And ATX. Uh, yeah, an ATX. And let's just say, um, if you guys have any questions or any comments, feel free to email us at where? Hello at murderinotech in ATX.com. And uh, yeah, feel free to email us in. We'll try to get to some of y'all's email this has been a very interesting podcast <laughs> it's not as lighthearted as last week's so do apologize for that <laughs> we'll try to get on track next week there's just so much bad news this week and um yeah the world is really bad yeah right there's now. just a lot of bad going on um so yeah we'll try to get into it get into a happier funner podcast next week promise maybe we'll have Promises a special guest maybe we'll have a special guest next week maybe we'll try We've been trying to get Christina's friend on, so maybe she'll... We haven't been trying. You haven't been trying? We have not been trying. Okay, well, maybe we'll we'll get them on, and uh, maybe we'll have a special guest, and they can tell us about their their business and what they do and how they go about the landscape of uh, this new social web that we call the Internet. Is that your sign-off? That's my sign-off. Murderino and the tech in ATX. Spay and neuter your animals. <laughs>